Have you ever wished that you could just quit your job, hop on a plane, and spend the next few years traveling the world? Tripcast 360 is sponsored by St. Eustatius. Looking for a place where tranquility and adventure coexist? Look no further than the beautiful Caribbean island of St. Eustatius. From hiking trails to underwater adventure and pristine beaches, Stacia has it all. To learn more about Stacia, check out their website, stacia-tourism.com. Hello and welcome to Tripcast 360, the podcast of lively banter about travel, lifestyle, and entertainment. This is Michael Gordon Bennett coming to you from a nice sunny Las Vegas where it's about 75 degrees or so. But my co-host, Mr. Cumberbatch, has got his behind <laughs> hiding out down there in Barbados where, we're, where I believe it was, what, 87 you told me? <laughs> you don't see how dark I got, man? I got dark already, the sun. But you know what? I would much rather to be here than somewhere in Canada or where it's cool, frigid, and, you know. Did, didn't you tell me yesterday back home in New York it was 37? I'm telling you, right? So I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to be here in beautiful Barbados. You know, you just, uh, you know, I'm going to be like Scott, you know, put on a T-shirt just now. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get to know Scott in just a moment. But, hey, um uh, on the entertainment side of the travel lifestyle and entertainment intro that I just read, uh, I guess you know uh, there's a story on our website about a new Love Boat uh, series. It's not like the original Love Boat from back in the 70s and 80s. This is actually a, a reality TV show based on the old Love Boat, including using one of the Princess Cruise Lines. Oh, that's that's very interesting. Um, yeah, they call it the I new remember- Love Boat. <laughs> Yeah, I remember the days, I think it was in the 70s, man. We would rush home just to see the the, the love boat. Well, that's, that's pretty bad for a guy who's never been on a cruise, Cumberbatch. Come on, you rush <laughs> home for that? <laughs> I've, been virtu- listen, I've been virtually on a cruise. Oh, okay. So, you know, I watched the love boat, enjoyed that, you know, immensely. That was fun. That was a great show. Well, well, we'll see how you like the reality show. I know it's a joint venture between CBS and an Australian production company, and they're actually yeah. having a CBS version or American version and an Australian version. I believe they start filming this summer. So um, mm-hmm. that story is on our website. So if somebody wants to, you know, be a contestant on the new love boat, uh, have at it. Um, That's right. Also along the entertainment news uh, side of our, our endeavor, for those of you who do want to come to my place of, of residence, Las Vegas, Aerosmith has got a residency here starting in, I believe, June or July, man. That's, that's a so pretty lucky. big deal. Yeah, that's, this is like their 50th year. <laughs> you you are so lucky. But you know what? I haven't, I really haven't, I've been so busy here. haven't really been catching up on a lot of news coming out the U.S. What's the buzz here? Is that sort of punt slap that um, Chris Rock got? <laughs> I, I am so sick and tired of hearing about that story. Uh, I, you know, I understand the media has a job to do, but damn, don't blow it up. It's enough's enough. But, you know, yeah, yeah. Chris Rock got punked, you know, um, you know, just like now I, I walk up, I told my girlfriend this morning, don't mess with me. I'm a Will Smith. <laughs> she looked at me like, no, you're not. <laughs> but, but you know what? I'm wondering if it was staged because he was smiling. He was having fun. And then all of a sudden he just walked up. 
I, you know, I, I'm not even good because I've been in the <laughs> entertainment industry since the eighties. I know how this business works. I know uh-huh. fake publicity when I see it just to keep their name out in front of the lights and stuff like that. I, yeah. I, I have my opinions, but I'm going to keep them to myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I will, I will keep that quiet. Now you wouldn't know we were talking about travel right now, but I guess uh, it's, there's it's a reason the news. why. Yeah, it's in the news. <laughs> you, 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 you can't avoid it. It's almost as bad as, uh, you know, JLo and, and Ben. And, and, you know, I, I was tired of that story, too. So they can all go away. And I'd, I'd be perfectly fine with it. Um, that is true. You know, so, yeah. And there's a couple other little tidbits of travel. You know, the cruise industry is full bore. I noticed that the um, the Caribbean, all the islands opening up pretty much without COVID testing now. So you still have to have a little. What, what, what was the COVID requirements for you to enter Barbados? Um, a, a rapid test within 24 hours of travel. That wasn't a big problem whatsoever because okay. you sort of get back those results in 15 or 20 minutes. Okay. One of the things that really impressed me here, you 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 can't enter any building here unless you are your temperature is checked. Wow. And they wipe everything down, you know, they spray your hands and so on. I mean, I went to a bank. And as, as soon as someone walks away from the ATM machine, there's a guy there with a rag and some spray. He sprays it. Hmm. You know, so, so, you know, they're taking this thing really, really seriously. That's a little more stringent. When I was in Hawaii at Christmas time, in addition to having to have all the COVID protocols, you know, prior to going and showing them your vaccination card, you couldn't walk into any restaurant, bar, uh, store without a COVID card in your pocket. If you didn't have it, they wouldn't let you in the front door. So um, I'd be curious because our guest is in Costa Rica, Noah Scott, and we're going to talk to him in a minute. And I'm going to ask him the same question, what it took him, because I told him before you got here, man, Costa Rica is a place that I'm looking at buying some property. So it'd be interesting to get his take on what's going on down there as well. Uh, but uh, before we do, let's jump into today's program. But before we do, uh, for those of you uh, new to our program, you can check out the TripCast 360 podcast on pretty much every platform known to man from uh, Google to Amazon to iHeartRadio to at the Apple Podcasts. But the best place to check them all out is on our website at TripCast360.com. We post every other week on a Monday. Um, right. So, so uh, it Get, get your friends a like, subscribe, follow. We got a lot of interesting things coming up in the future, which I cannot divulge at this moment in time, but they're coming. Right. Um, and uh, also, if you have any show ideas about topics you want to hear about, we are travel, lifestyle, and entertainment, but our primary focus is travel. You can just drop us a line or send us an email at contact at tripcast360.com. And um, we're also all over social media, and I will let my dear friend Dave highlight that while I get ready for Noah. Yeah, we'll be all over, like Michael said, social media. We're in Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram. Soon we'll be on TikTok. I mean, video is video is the way to go. But Michael, you know, we really love our social media friends and we really want to keep them up to date about the great things that are happening on our podcast, tripcast360.com. You know, we share information and updates including photos, you know, very, very, very frequently. And, uh, you know, we're encouraging our, our audience to just go to our website, tag us, like us on Facebook, messages. 
but we'll have some fun with that. Uh, Noah has been patiently waiting, and I'm sure he's got better things to do. Well, maybe not, but you know, we, we just gonna put him out there anyway. His name he's is in no- Costa Rica, man. Come oh, on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Noah Scott is in Costa Rica. He's been kind enough to join us. He's an experienced creator, author, artist, and he's on a mission to bring purpose-driven people together and encourage humanity to live courageously in the moment, unshackled by self-doubt. Uh, he is currently traveling the world as a full-time nomadic entrepreneur, and we're definitely going to ask them to define that for us. He hosts retreats yeah. in exotic destinations around the world and produces content when he's traveling. His podcast, A Big Possible, is really good. It's fantastic. I listened to an episode this morning, and I encourage all of you to check out The Big Possible. Hey, Noah, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day down there in sunny Costa Rica. I'm afraid to ask you what the temperature is there. Uh, Mike, Michael, David, uh, pleasure to be here. Pleasure to chat all the things, travel and everything else. So, yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, yeah and it's hot. It's hot today. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 to tell our audience what side of Costa Rica you're on, I've been there, but I want them to hear from you. Yeah, I'm on the Pacific side. So Costa Rica, one of the world's coolest places because you can literally drive across the entire country in about seven hours. If you're up in Monteverde, you can you can stand up at a tall mountain and you can look out on a clear day and see both sides of you know the Pacific and the Atlantic or the Caribbean, right. and it's just absolutely beautiful. So here for a week in Tamarindo, uh, right on the Pacific coast, and then next week I'll be more in the uh, near the volcano in Arnold and Fortuna. So just doing a little bit of a little bit of exploring, a little bit of R and R, and uh, soaking up some travel. Man, there's a great restaurant in, in Fortuna. I, I got to remember my girlfriend when she comes home, I will email it to you. There's a great restaurant in Fortuna that you got to stop at and eat. It was, it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, really? I have not been disappointed by any food in Costa Rica. Every time I'm here, it's just, it's so fresh. It's just uh, delicious. Yeah. I read where you are among many things, your permanent nomad. But I also read where a nomad is someone who lives by traveling from place to place. At the moment, you're in Costa Rica. What's your definition, the true definition of a digital nomad? Well, it's really, it really is being free to take root when you want to take root in a place and Mm -hmm. to let the wind find your sails and, and explore a new destination when you feel compelled to do so. But it's not being on vacation. It's travel while fulfilling some other purpose, right? And so your life still goes on. So as a nomad, I'm still working. I still have days where I'm in an Airbnb or I'm in an office. And my permanent residence is really just a a virtual mailbox. But that's the beauty is I don't have a storage unit. I don't have an actual physical home. But I'm never in a place where I'm I'm totally in flux, and it's not it, because I'm 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 setting roost in a place for two three weeks, giving myself enough time to unwind, unpack, and in actually enjoy a place. I'm not I don't have to rush around to do all the tourist activities because I give myself enough time in a destination to live like a local, to experience what's going on in the city. Um, and slowly make my way through from one place to the next. How do you choose the destinations or the places that you go in yeah. terms of where you know where you set that to, to be a, a, a nomad? Because obviously, if you're working, you still need 
adequate internet access, you know, all of the things that we all need to function. Yeah. And it's really good. You brought that up because there's some really um, useful information now that we're, we're uh, data is everywhere. So you can find reviews for places. And in fact, one of my favorite places to look for great destinations is nomad list. Um, That's just real time feedback from all the expats, all the nomads that are out just living permanently on the road. They'll put all the data from how the how the internet is, how the safety of a place is, the cost of living, and they'll basically calculate all of that real-time data in terms of mm-hmm. a ranking system. And so you can just literally pick any of the top 100 destinations around the world, and you know that you're going to have everything you need to, to live as a nomad. Now, there's another thing that I got from um, a, a guest on my show and a good friend of mine, Miguel Griones. He's currently in Florinopolis in, in Brazil, and he, he calls... Uh, the nomad experience, living somewhere or traveling smart. And it's very easy to get pulled in to say, I'm going to go live as a nomad in Sweden or, you know, Stockholm where, where things are really expensive or Miami or New York and, or even Tulum, for example, but you could get the exact same experience and have your cost of living brought down. You're able to get access to incredible infrastructure and Wi-Fi but also not not have to spend money as if you're in a big city. So looking at at Medellin, for example, is one of my favorite cities on this hemisphere. You have the same infrastructure that you would get in New York or Miami, really um, modern amenities, great restaurants, convenience of everything being a, a, a literally 10 minute rapid delivery away, but you're paying a quarter of the price because of that, just how the economy is. And so being able to factor in those, those decisions about how do I make sure that my budget's stretched, I'm able to enjoy mm-hmm. a place for a long time. Because traveling, you're going to have extra expenses. You're going to have transportation, flights, all of these other things. And it can quickly become something that's not sustainable if you're not smart about where you're picking for your destination. So um, I'll, I'll kind of have maybe a month in a place where I'm stretching, I'm stretching my dollar and then I'll, I'll give myself a reward somewhere fancy here and there just to, just to have that experience. And that kind of balances it out. And knowing that I'm not paying rent on a place, it also lets me just say, Hey, I, you know, I can, I can splurge here and there and it, and it's great. How did you come about adopting this as a lifestyle for yourself? A lot of trial and error, ultimately. <laughs> I, I really gave it a shot about a year ago. I came down, uh, it was in the middle of the pandemic and I'm sitting, I've always loved travel, but for the last 10 years, I've, I've kind of been, you know, I've been building my company, which was a film company in LA. We were talking about this on air before. And being how it was a service business, I had to, I had to be physically present. So I, travel was really non-existent during this period aside from the time was where i'd get some gigs and they'd they'd fly me out then i I had a desk job for you know a nine to five for five years and that i mean it was a cool job so it was like in a creative field so i it was still a nine to five but i had a lot of creative freedom and you know being in these places where i I had these roots I, i felt this urge that was compelling me to get out and travel again then the pandemic came and, you know, my job switched to, switched to full-time remote. And I'm sitting here looking at like, why am I paying all this money for this, for this, you know, apartment 
that A, I can't host friends over because community is really big for me. I, I just absolutely need to connect with others. And this is a big reason why the business I have is rooted in community. And when the pandemic came, I'm looking at the walls of my apartment. Sure, I got a lot of cool stuff there. I got all these things that that kind of keep me busy. I was missing the adventure. And adventure yeah. is definitely one of the, the things that I hold extremely dear. And it's one of the values I live by. And so I, I, I just made the calculation. I said, I could sublease this apartment and go rent an Airbnb for a month in Mexico, be footsteps from the, or steps from the water, pay the exact same amount, you know, including flights and like convenience. I was just like ordering out. I could probably even spend less this way. And so I did that. I, I just got rid of all my extra junk, uh, subleased my apartment, and I went out and I lived a month in Mexico. Then I, did, I came to Costa Rica and I was bouncing around. At first, I was doing this, this month-long thing and then um, had my ex-girlfriend. We were traveling together. We were doing like three nights in one place, three nights in another place. And it was exhausting, the packing in, packing out. Uh, every night, you're not sure where, whether you have Wi-Fi or not, showing up, trying to trying to do a Zoom call, and then everything just crashes. And I'm just like, okay, this is too stressful. So we both like hit the limit in terms of um, being able to have the patience for things going wrong and, and just the <laughs> unpredictability of travel. So we, we went back to LA, um, closed out the lease on that apartment. And I said, I'm going to give myself six months here, six to eight months, and just really evaluate if I want to grow roots in LA again, or if I want to move to another city, like maybe Austin, Texas or Miami. And I just really thought about the pros and cons and what I was looking for the next chapter of my life. And through that period, one thing became crystal clear. I want to see as much of the world as I possibly can while I can. And who knows when the next pandemic is going to come? Who knows when the next uh, thing that's going to take away this opportunity away is going to show up? And we never know what the future is going to hold. And so if we can embrace that now while we have, and even if it's just traveling locally, get out and expand the horizons, um, start to put yourself in situations where you're open to the synchronicity of life, where you're open to the vibrance of, of a new location, a new community. And so I, I really just made the made the leap again. I decided to tie up all the things I had in LA, um, sold, and it's a, it's wild how fast you can accumulate junk in. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> right. But then you let go of it. And you're like, what? What do I even need any of this stuff? So now I've got one suitcase, a backpack, and you know I've got my I've got my my podcast gear, my camera. Um, set of clothes and a toothbrush and I'm, I'm good to go. It's all you really need. And so yeah. I've been doing that for a good, well, since December now. So it's, it's, we're coming on four months and been in Colombia, Ecuador, Mexico, and now Costa Rica um, starting. And then in a, in May, I'll be doing a little bit of Europe and North Africa. So that, that I'm really excited about. So I'll be in Morocco in May. Nice. And just, just knowing that this possibility is there, knowing that, yeah. Um, if ever I get to a point where I'm stressed out from travel, it's very easy to just say, okay, let me just do a 30 day rental on Airbnb and boom, now I'm set in one place. I don't have to spread myself too thin. Um, being connected on the internet with everyone. I, I never really feel like I'm missing my friends because there's just community is, is so tapped in virtually now that, that 
it's been it's been really spectacular. Is there anything sort of like a traditional family life when you're a permanent nomad? How do how, how does that balance work? I wouldn't I would definitely not say I, I have anything of a traditional family life, but <laughs> you can make it work. Um, so, it, it, you know, traveling as a group, you're going to be able to save a little bit of money as well, because, you know, right. you can find a, a two bedroom, for example, and split the cost. What I found has been really exciting is is maybe a, a not a traditional type of family, but the connections that you build with other travelers are so vibrant and full and you're in situations in which you're a little bit more vulnerable and suddenly what happens is other people are also willing to share and the yeah. the 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 feeling that you get when you walk into a new city and everything is foreign to everyone but there's a there's an ability to to come together to share resources share knowledge uh, and that community aspect really solidifies these deep bonds. And then when you go out and you do cool adventures, like exploring the jungle together or like having a, a trip to the beach and going to a nightclub until four in the morning, all of these things create these bonds that are really a lot deeper than the things that happen when we're in our routine. So I found that in the last four months of just being on the road and also starting my business, I've made more deep, meaningful, lasting connections who will show up and help me whenever I need it than I've made in the last five years of my day job. Nice, nice, nice. You you'd mentioned earlier when we've we've tapped into around job for a few moments, but in order to be able to do what you do, the job that you do is important. Tell us a little bit about your business itself. Yeah, so it's not a it's not a new concept. I, I host retreats for for entrepreneurs, creatives, people that are craving connection. And I, I create a space uh, that's full of adventure, that's full of community. And so these are called the Big Possible Retreats. The Big Possible really was founded on this idea that success can be contagious and that when we create leverage through our community, we're able to achieve more easier. And I wanted to enable um, the people that are doing incredible things. I wanted to give them these pioneers that are on that frontier uh, exploring like how to grow their business, how to pursue their art, how to actually make an impact. I wanted to give these pioneers the ability to find other people who are of a, of a like mind and give them a space in which they can forge these deep connections, these deep bonds in a rapid amount of time, um, come out of it, not just with a great experience. It says, oh yeah, we stayed in this luxury villa. We were, you know, we did, we did hiking, we went on a yacht, all this fun stuff, but also come out of it with now this army of a community that can support you in all of your business goals, all your professional goals, life goals. And it, and we just finished the first retreat in, uh, in Mexico a week ago, and I'm still floating on cloud nine with how amazing it worked out. And just seeing now the response from everyone they're they're walking out of this there's they're forming business alliances together they're they're creating uh dinner parties together in their home cities it's just it's just mind blowing how much community is is not really intentionally created but how powerful it can be when that actually happens and so the business idea i yes we're doing retreats i'm i'm putting them out in cool locations all around the world we just did mexico Next up, we're doing Morocco. So we'll be in Marrakesh for um, 
four days together. I've got, I've got an incredible chef. She's a local Moroccan. She's going to come out and bring all the flavors and culture to the experience. We also have speakers there that are, that are empowering um, the entrepreneurs and the business owners to walk away with that, a head full of knowledge, a heart full of, of connection, and then a belly full of incredible, delicious meals and culture <laughs> and all that good stuff. Wow. I love it. Love it. I love it. Wow. 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 Um, what lessons have you learned? You've been at this for four months now. What have, what are your takeaways in terms of the good and the bad about your change of lifestyle? Uh, I, right now I'm imagining it's all good because you're kind of a man after my own heart there in terms of what you're doing, but, um, you know, kind of, what have you learned along the way? I mean, you jumped right out there and just did it. Bro, it's hard. I think that's that's the biggest lesson. I, I think everything in, in life is going to be hard and you have to take a leap. You have to just be bold and be courageous. And every single time you do that, as scary as that is, the second you're like in the jaws of the lion and it feels like everything is going to go wrong and you're just going to like fail, trust because people are going to show up and help you. And just be as bold and loud and bright as you possibly can be, because as you're going out living for your dreams, the universe wants to support you. The, the community around is going to resonate with you going out there and doing that cool stuff. And they're going to say, how can I help? Wow. Okay. It looks like you need some help here. Let me jump in and, and refer you to somebody that can, that can get you what you need. And don't be afraid to ask, right? So that's one of the things that I've, I've, personally, there's two types of people. There's, there's guessers and there's askers. Some people will just straight up, if they need something, they'll just ask for it. Some people will create a story in their head and say, okay, I can't ask because they're going to, uh, they're going to think that I'm going to, uh, they're going to be busy. And then, and then if I ask them or then something bad is going to happen. And so we'll talk ourselves out of actually coming up and asking, but if we can rewire our mindset, if you're in the guess, the guessing mode, which is I'm guilty of that for so many years, I've just would hesitate on asking for help because I'm sitting here thinking that I'm going to get rejected. All these stories in the mindset that, that we, we create, but really you asking is a gift is a flattery to this other person. And if you can just embrace that and ask for help, it just makes everything so much easier. So that's, that's one lesson. Ask, don't guess. Um, the other one is be cognizant of how many inconveniences you're going to stack on top of your day, because we can overcommit very easily and then burn out and lose steam. You know, and two things are going to happen. We're either going to have a meltdown because we're just overloaded or, you know, we're going to get like just, uh, totally burnt out. And then we were going to run out of energy and we're not going to be able to accomplish what we need to accomplish. So that means being ruthless with your calendar, setting aside priorities so that you can, you can time block your day, make sure that you're taking care of yourself first, getting out, never stopping. Uh, don't slow down on your fitness, your diet, just your overall like organizational and life management, have that taken care of first. Then make sure that you take care of your professional aspect of the day, all the things that you need to do to, to move your business or your vision forward and make sure the income's coming in. And then the rest of the time, now you've got that for playtime and you can, you could dedicate some time uh, periodically 
in the middle of the week, maybe to just give yourself a reward, a cheat day or whatever, so that you have enough stamina to keep going. But it becomes very easy in the nomad life to um, get pulled into vacation mode. And you have to remember, mm-hmm. if, if, if you're choosing to be on vacation, the allure of that travel is that you're free of all the obligations of work. And when you're a nomad still working, you're not, you're not given that, that, that ticket to be on vacation for free. It comes with a price. You have to, you have to get in there and earn the time to go explore canyons, go swim in the waters, drink some coconuts at the, at the, at the ocean. And a lot of people get pulled into the playtime and then start to neglect the productivity time. And I think that just comes with the balance and knowing that the water's always going to be there. The coconut's always going to be there. Just get your shit done. And then you'll be able to actually enjoy that with a clear head and clear mind a little bit later. Wow. That's, that's a healthy attitude. Actually, what you just said is actually universal. That could apply to people who do that nine to five job. Um, But you get the added benefit of experiencing culture while you're at it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you deal? I mean, the, I think the three or four countries that you've gone to so far are predominantly Spanish speaking countries. How do you deal with language barriers? I do know they speak English in Costa Rica as well. So it's kind of a mixed bag there, but some of the other places like Ecuador and stuff like that, there are not a lot of uh, English speaking folks around. Yeah, it's, it, you got it. You've got to practice the language. Um, so I've been, I've been taking, um, obviously doing Duolingo, which helps a little bit. And then Me too. Doing some, yeah, doing some, we'll have to, we'll have to add each other so, to keep each other accountable. Yep. Um, also doing the, uh, the preply, I would do, you know, a weekly session just to keep things fresh and then practice. So I'll, I'll force myself in, you know, in Ecuador, I was out in Montanita and I just had a day where I'm like, I'm just going to speak Spanish all day. So if you've got the luxury, you got, you got the opportunity just get out there and practice. So I would just go up and I, I just found a, a group of people playing Jenga on the beach. I just sat down and we we're all just talking Spanish and I'm trying to hang out with locals more right. and you, your brain will start to pick everything up. And before you know it, the confidence grows, I still have a long way to go, but for the most part I can get by. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it'll be interesting going to Morocco where everything's in French and Arabic. And, um, I'll have to, I'll have to f- see how that, pans out but uh yeah it's, it's, good luck a with lot, that a lot a lot is possible with with sort of caveman gestures and um <laughs> you know just finding somebody that can help when you need it and yeah have you resisted the temptation to pull out your phone and use one of those translator apps oh i used google translate all the time yeah <laughs> uh as so guilty of that so i just you know, especially at like a nightclub, for example, you're, you're talking to somebody and it's like the music's loud and you're, you're like, they're asking, so you can't hear anything. So you just, it, it's really helpful to just type that out. And here's, here's what I need. Oh, can you recommend a place for this? And, and yeah, that that's been helpful. <laughs> that, that's actually cool. I, I I'm, I'm jealous. Oh, to be able to just riff in, in another language. It's yeah. Yeah, it's yeah I, I, I did that with Spanish, but I haven't been able to do it with any other language. And unfortunately, uh, I don't have the gift. My father, my father spoke seven languages and he was good at all of them. I'm, I'm good at one and a half. I miss the Japanese. So uh, that was that that's been one I haven't I haven't used for like eight years. So it's really starting to, to get rusty. Uh, you know, I really want to go back to Japan and and spend at least a month so that all of that can come back. Yeah. Looking for a unique Caribbean island getaway? 
it's time you discovered Stacia. St. Eustatius is one of Mother Nature's finest creations. Its history and culture is second to none. Stacia, a world leader in ecotourism, features spectacular underwater adventure, breathtaking hiking trails, and pristine beaches. Visit stacia-tourism.com to begin planning that one-of-a-kind vacation. Typically, when someone chooses to, to live the nomad lifestyle, what goes into the process? What comes first? In other words, I guess I'm leading the question in the direction of saying, is it about experiencing the different cultures and, you know, all the different experiences? Does, does that come first? No, there's, I think it's different for everyone. And you really need to tap into what your motivation is. There's experience of life is probably the biggest, the ability to just expand your horizons, open up for new opportunities. And it, it's something that you, you're never quite ready for, but it, 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 there's also a shift that happens usually about three weeks in a trip where you start to let go of the old identity and embrace this identity that's open to receive opportunity, open to receive spontaneity. And that doesn't happen right away. We're still kind of, it takes some time for the old habits to sort of uh, let their grip go. And the second your brain realizes that, oh, wow, I'm not going back. I can just, I can just stop this, this, this banter in the back of the head that says, you got to get, you got to get back to, <laughs> you got to get back to the routine. You got to get back to the routine because you can, you can carry those, those, the routine with you wherever you go. It's just, there's always going to be a little bit of inconveniences that you just need to factor in. And then once you have a, a, a tool belt to deal with those, then you can wait, make it work. But so, yeah, I, I think experiencing something new, um, definitely one of the big, big motivations for people. Others might just be to learn a new language. Others might be to, they're just bored and they're looking for community. You can really find community very easy in an expat community, like, yeah. like a city that there's a lot of expats, people are just, just more open to talk. Um, when you're in your city, your day-to-day -day grind, you get in your own little bubble and yeah. it's extremely hard to resist the, 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 the habits that you've built of isolation for so many years. And being in a new environment allows you to break those habits and then be in a situation, you just show up at an event there's always going to be things like like language exchanges. There's always going to be things like a salsa night or a Jenga night or darts. Uh, and if you just put yourself in situations where there are other people who are craving that connection, there, you're going to be in a place that's free of judgment, people from all over the world. And that in itself, I think, is, is a big motivation for a lot of people that they don't really or they're not really able to put their finger on why they want to get out and experience the world. But I can, I can probably bet that connection and, ex and expanding your cultural horizons is one of the big motivators for a lot of people. Yeah. It's been a short period of time for you. So I'm sort of wondering what impact did COVID, what role did COVID play in maybe a number of folks making that decision to become a, a nomad? It's been massive. The, the change in lifestyle and because, okay, so a year ago I was in Medellin as well. So I did, I did, uh, 
I did like six months in Mexico, Costa Rica, and Colombia. Uh, so a year ago, there were more short-term visitors, you know, people that were there for two weeks, three weeks. And, you know, I was working at the WeWorks there and it was like, you know, there would just be people coming in, coming out, like more travelers. The difference from last year to this year is there are it, the resounding majority of the people that I'm meeting on the road are kind of in the same lifestyle where they spend a month in a city. They are, they're, they're planning to be on the road for six to eight months because they've subleased their apartment. They, their job is full-time remote and they're setting themselves up in situations just, just like I'm doing. And it's a big trend. Um, there's a, it, there's a little bit of it is that, okay, COVID shut everything down, but COVID's also created this work from home acceptance so that there's no need to have to show up in the office anymore. And so people are able to make that shift that says, actually, I can perform my job exactly the same, but do that in another place around the world. And that's been really exciting to see that shift happen. And then to see um, just the number of people that have made that their their life. And, and what's beautiful about that is it's really supporting, it's helping to support a lot of these economies that need help, you know, that they're built on tourism. And so now um, they might be losing out in the short-term visitors, but they're also getting people who are there for a little bit longer, you know, 30 to 60 days and really injecting, you know, injecting some more cash and into the rentals, the, into the restaurants, into the, the, the supply chain in general. It's really exciting. Right. And along the same vein, obviously there, there are times when you may need to go visit a doctor or something like that. You happen to be in a country that has, I believe, they're, they're, I know they're in the top 15 in healthcare in the entire world. And it's accessible to the average person walking on the street, regardless of where you come from. Um, in the two or three countries that you've been to so far, have you found access to care when you need it? You're a healthy young man, so I don't think you probably need too much. But uh, is that one of the things you factor in when you go, go looking for a place? Dude, anywhere is better than America. So, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> so you didn't lie. Uh, <laughs> you told yeah, the truth. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing. So you can. So I was I'm actually planning to do uh, a surgery, and you know, just kind of researching different places. Um, Colombia's top, top, top. Like they're just so good. They're, they're just really affordable, accessible. Mexico, same, same deal. Costa Rica. Um, Pretty similar. I, I just I, I haven't really been here long enough, but yeah, anywhere pretty much in 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 a lot of South America, Central America, you're going to have really good quality um, access to doctors and 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 health professionals. The also same probably same thing in Europe as well. Um, you know, pretty much everywhere you go, you're going to have access. I would suggest for emergencies, sign up for Safety Wings. It's it's uh, very affordable. You pay forty bucks a month, and you get global insurance everywhere. Um, lots of great coverage. It even covers for COVID. There's there's it's just there's no reason to to take the risk without having that while you're on the road. Especially that okay, I can have global insurance, um, and it's it's way cheaper than what I would pay for an American insurance. So well, any anything cheaper than what you pay for American yeah, insurance? Absolutely. <laughs> wow. That, you said that was $40 a month. That's actually awesome. That's really, really awesome. Um, I, everything you're telling me about this makes me want to get up and walk away from my house right now. Um, you know, I, I, I think as Americans, we get so hung up chasing something 
or like we're, we're chasing a dollar bill or we have to be attached to things all the time. And you have proven that that's not necessary. We don't always have to be attached to two things. You said earlier, you got a suitcase and your, your equipment for your podcast and you hit the road. And I, that point never got driven home to me until my mother passed away. And, you know, we're, I'm cleaning out our house and I see all these things and none of it made, none of it was worth shit to me at that point. Enough, nothing mattered. I say, why do we have all this stuff? So I started questioning that myself. And it's just bizarre. But the other thing, too, I wanted to ask you, too, is maybe it's just me and you can tell me what your experience has been. When I travel internationally, there's a freedom, especially in Latin America and down in the Caribbean where Dave is. There's a certain freedom when people aren't always chasing things. It's just like they seem more of a, I don't know if their lifespan is any longer than ours, but damn it, they sure as hell seem to enjoy it while they're while they're here. <laughs> has that been your experience? Is that something you've picked up on? To a certain degree, yes. Um, so definitely with the with the things, right? Like we're all just dust in the grand scheme of things anyway. And the things, if we're just trying to hold on to things that are just dust, what's the point? Um, it's really about how do we make an impact? How do we how do we use our time and our resources and our energy to give back? And if the things that you're collecting don't serve a purpose in in furthering that mission of like, how can I give? What what you know is is my time here? actually making a difference that's really the question that we should be asking and if you look at you know a trinket that you have and it says is this helping me further my mission if it's not you can let it go and it yep. doesn't matter because you're gonna have to let go of it anyway i mean that's reality at some point go it's everything. gone yeah yeah and so the that's a tricky thing so we have a lot to be grateful for as americans as europeans because so I had a conversation. I was I was at this little beach beach hotel resort thing, and you know, hanging out, talking to this girl, and you know, sipping margaritas. She's Colombian, telling me how I'm so lucky, I'm so privileged, and you know, me growing up with like, okay, I wasn't I wasn't like wealthy. I was I definitely wasn't poor, but I wasn't you know I, I always had some way to make ends meet and. You know, living our lives as Americans, we have so much privilege that we take for granted. Yep. And when we go to a country like Bolivia, Colombia, anywhere in Africa, there, there's, there's this. It's a hard thing for these for these people to have the same level of opportunity as we do, and to get a visa, even to just leave the country, it takes a lot of work. You know, for an Ecuadorian to come to America, they have to pay money. Yep. They can't they can't just show up in America. They can't jump on a plane from Quito and, and land in Miami like we can. It, it they have to go apply for a visa. Maybe they get rejected and then apply again. And all that costs money. And and it's not cheap money. It's it's their it's like an entire month sa- like a month's salary for them. And so yes, to a certain degree, sometimes you know, you do see the the appreciation for life, especially if you go to like the island countries where it's go slow, you know, and here in Costa Rica, pura vida. It's yep. it's there's a there's an appreciation for the time that we're spending and the ability to connect and just be that's really powerful. But I think there's it also comes with a you know the sad point as well where there's not necessarily as much opportunity and so I think if we can embrace 
both of those, if we can appreciate the privilege that we have and, and utilize that in a, in, in a way that's going to um, give back in some way, shape or form. And so if we can say, hey, I've been privileged with this, let me now utilize my time and energy to give back. That's that's great. Right. And then at the same point in time, if we can remember that our time here is short, our time here is limited. And one of the most important things that we can do is make sure that we enjoy it make sure that we're not setting aside our dreams for one day. We're not setting aside our time to relax and enjoy the sunset for some day in the future, but that day is right now. And that, that time is now. And if we can tap into both of those things and say, the secret to life is to make sure that we are doing good deeds and we have a good character. And if you can enjoy that process, everything's just going to be fantastic. But that process is not unique to a nomad. Being a nomad is just simply uh, being able to pick up and go to a different destination. But you have, but you have folks there from all walks of life. You can have someone who is like yourself. I would imagine there are other people there who are probably environmentalists. At the same time, I would imagine there are other people there who just love to party. Am I correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in that last okay. group. Oh, <laughs> 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 hey, I'm just putting it out there, you know, uh, you know, I, I've just reached a stage in my life where, you know, hail the party's fun and stop chasing all the stuff. Um, is there a place that I know you're going to Morocco in a couple of months, but there is there a place that's just inside of you burning saying, I got to go there one day? Barbados. So, I mean, there's, there's three, there's uh, Japan is always going to have a very special place in my heart. I yeah. will always want to go back to Japan. So I always want to go to Japan. I always want to go to, uh, Bali has been high on my list. Definitely want to be in Bali. And of course, um, you know, it's interesting right now, South Africa has been, been, been calling my name. I've uh, been hearing yeah. so many good things about it. Just met some incredible people from South Africa and would love to experience a little bit of that. And Colombia has always got a place in my heart. I think I'll, I'll, anytime one of my friends says they're going to Colombia, I'll, I'll make sure I find a way to meet them there. Gotcha. Do, do, do you ever um, see a day when you may not live like this any longer? Or is this something that is kind of baked in for you? Uh, definitely gonna settle down at some point, but I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll do the, the concept of a trifecta, I think, which is, uh, <laughs> this was Andrew Henderson, I think is, uh, who coined this one, which is basically you have three home bases and you just cycle through. And so I, I think I would find three, three spots where I would want to live. And then I just do a triangle through three months, four months in one place. And, and that way I have the stability of a, of a place, but I still have enough variety where I'm able to um, not get bored. Tell us a little bit about your, your uh, podcast, The Big Possible. Yeah. So I started, I started The Big Possible show as a, at first it was just a, a place where I could reflect on the journey that I'm going through. It's very, I would read passages of my journal um, really just talk about what's going on in this, in this, this journey of reaching for something more than yourself. Um, and then I started connecting with other people to do interviews. And it's really about celebrating the stories of people who are taking a risk, taking a chance and going for their dreams. Because as we're reaching for something bigger than ourselves, 
there's going to be a fear. There's going to be a, a, a place of confusion and of doubt. And anytime you're at that frontier of what you know possible, you're going to need a kick in the butt to keep going. And that's really what the show is designed for is to, to break down what these other people are doing and create tactics and playbooks so that they can, the listeners, as they're going on their own journey, they can use those playbooks and those, those inspirational moments to, to realize that they're not alone in their journey to, um, to live to their big possible. Wow. That's pretty powerful. I think a lot of times um, people have this fear and you don't know where it comes from. So the fact that you're putting a support system around them to get them to overcome that, I think is, is really a, a wonderful tribute to what you've done and what you're doing. Um, I, I really do think people need it. Um, you know, one of the things as a storyteller myself is sometimes you you write the stories and then you, you're afraid to get the product out there. Well, if you're afraid to get the product out there, why did you write the story in the first place? Unless, unless there was just some sort of self-fulfillment just for you. So, uh, you, you know, working in several industries, that's a scary proposition. So I'm, I'm glad you're doing something like that. So keep it up, man. Keep it up. Thanks, brother. Um, so uh, my last question for you is what's next for you? I, I guess Morocco's on the radar. How, you know, what's next for your business? How, how, how are you going to grow it? Your, get your expansion going? Yeah, so we just just finished this first retreat and you know blown away by the feedback from everyone and just you know we we know we're on to something here and we're going to keep going and I'm putting all of my focus into growing this uh this business because one it just lights me up on so many levels but two I think it really has the ability to make a big impact and shape mm -hmm. a lot of change a lot of lives. I mean, I had you know people coming up to me with tears in their eyes at, at you know at dinner just saying, "Bro, you changed my life." Thank you so much for having the balls to do this. And th that was that was enough signal for me to realize that, all right, this is going to work out. So next steps were, you know, getting speakers for the next events, getting all the venues locked in, all the logistics, making sure that we have enough, uh, the right people showing up as well. Because there, there's a certain um, level of, of humility and excitement and enthusiasm for connecting that you have to have in order for this experience to work. And so just if you're, if you've just got money and want a vacation, this is not the right place for you, but if you're looking for connection and you're looking for a, you know, a community that's going to support you in your goals, then that really makes sense. And also moving forward in the business, we'll be expanding to um, do more events, both in the States as well as internationally to continue that um, broadening the horizons of travel, keep the, the excitement of adventure going, but we'll also start to, take on some sponsors who are aligned with the vision, who are doing great things as well and, and, and start to join forces because this is really, as a community-driven business, the community is not just in um, the members, but it's also in the speakers and the sponsors and all the locations that we're going to as well. So uh, we'll see a lot, of, a lot of growth there. The podcast is going to continue going. And you know, for the next year at least, it's going to be uh, a big focus on a big focus on just getting as many of these out as possible. Gotcha. Did, did I read somewhere that one of your big challenges or one of the big things you wanted to do in life was own a string of boutique hotels? Did I read that correctly? Yes, actually, that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, the the world's coolest ch chain of boutique hotels. It's my is my goal, and uh, all of this is kind of leading up to that. It's funny. I got that, I got that dream 10 years ago when I was walking across uh, Japan, I was doing a, a travel on foot, uh, from Kyoto to Tokyo. 
And somewhere along that 500 kilometer journey, I, I, I got this vision for what I really wanted with my life. And I had no idea how to do it. But it was like this really cool boutique hotel where there was a media component involved. There was incredible shows happening. There were workshops and there was like enterprise. So people would, there were, there was local businesses that were tied with the, with the hotel and we were creating an experience, a place really where all my friends from around the world could come and hang out, share stories and leave with this feeling of, wow, I feel so at peace. I feel so loved. I feel so at home. And I'm tapping into these creative experiences while being pampered and um, all my senses are lit up. And that was, that was the experience that I, I, I wanted to create, but, you know, flash forward 10 years. Uh, so I, the first thing, the only thing I knew how to do at the time was start the media component. So built a production company, then um, learned a bunch about marketing. And now I'm, I'm really making the first moves to seeing this vision come to life by, by doing it um, as a rental experience. So right. I've got, I've got the, I've got the hotel experience, but I'm just renting for the villas rather than building it myself. Nice. That is, that is so cool. So uh, yeah, when you get your, uh, your boutiques together, you can hang some of your own artwork since I do know you're an artist of some known note. So, uh, but just don't paint any pictures of Dave and stick them in your hotels. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You'll lose business. Trust me on that one. Uh, (laughs) I mean, with that face, I'm sure we'll get a lot of people wanting to come by. That's right. That's right. That's right, Scott. Just, just, just charge them double. <laughs> that's, that's right, Joe. <laughs> well, on that note, I know we've kept you for a little bit over an hour, and I don't want to chew up any more of your day. Uh, that beach in there in Tamarindo is awaiting you after you finish your work. Um, but uh, I'm glad uh, that Dave was able to reach out and connect with you and get you on our podcast. This has been illuminating. It has been eye-opening. It's been fun, and it's been refreshing to listen to your vision, because I, I endorse your vision. I like it a lot and I like where you're going. Any uh, final thoughts, Dave? We keep hearing about nomads, digital nomads, but this is the first podcast that we did like that where um, the whole really went really deep into it and really gave us a much better understanding of the, the ups and downs, the pitfalls, the the happiness, the success and so on. So Scott, thank, thanks for joining us. I Absolutely. keep calling you by your last. I keep calling you by your last name. Forgive me. No, it happens. A absolute pleasure <laughs> to be here, gentlemen. Thank you so much for the time and uh, safe travels. All right, my friend, and uh, we you. appreciate you. And uh, you know, if you uh, get any inclination and you want to come back and share some of your new adventures, especially once you get to Morocco, the invitation's open, my friend. All Certainly. right, brothers. All right, my friend, take it easy. And uh, thank you again for taking an hour out of your day to uh, uh, enlighten us and our viewers, our listeners, viewers. I think I'm still on TV, <laughs> our listeners. So, again, we've been uh, listening to Noah Scott. His podcast is The Big Possible. And I would urge all of you to take a listen. It's it's really eye opening. And, uh, you know, if you have some place you want to get to in your life, it's, it's a great way to get started. So, once again, thank you so much. And that is it for this edition of TripCast 360 on behalf of Dave Cumberbatch down there in beautiful sunny Barbados and our newfound best friend Noah Scott in Costa Rica. This is Michael Gordon Bennett saying so long and we'll see you next time on another edition of TripCast 360.